This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, our government has been telling us not to travel. And this year, a lot of snowbirds decided to cancel their annual jaunts to Florida and elsewhere. Travel insurers say that they are seeing a fraction of the usual numbers, 30% or less. But that may change. That may be changing since we learned that Florida will vaccinate anyone over 65, regardless of nationality or home ownership. And I saw something that uh, Arizona may do the same thing as well. We've all seen clips of people who already received their shots, uh, though at this point, it is difficult to get an online appointment. I know that because I know people who are trying to do just that. Um, and... Uh, it's going to be more difficult to travel. The government just introduced a requirement for a negative COVID test for re-entering the country. The airlines have complained about it. And meanwhile, last week, we learned that Air Canada has been hiring social media influencers to entice people to travel and take beach vacations. Um, what about that? That is totally contrary to the government's message. I guess they need money, but still. So the numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now I am joined by Dr. Kenneth Wong, Associate Professor and Distinguished Professor of Marketing at Queen's University Smith School of Business. That's quite a mouthful. John Graddock, a faculty lecturer at McGill University and a former executive with Air Canada, and Marty Firestone, the president of Travel Secure. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for being with us. My Thank pleasure. You okay, so let me begin with Marty. And uh, you've seen an uptick since people found out that they can get a vaccination if they can get an appointment in Florida. People who've previously said, I'm not going to travel this year are changing their minds, right? That's correct. In the last couple of weeks, they have basically called up and booked insurance, proper insurance, including COVID protection, for the sole purpose of heading down to get the vaccine, staying the three weeks for the second shot and out of there after that. You know, it's interesting. Uh, yesterday, I was talking to some good friends of mine who I previously thought I talked out of going to Florida. But now that this vaccine uh, possibility is on the table, so here's what they're doing. So first of all, they are getting kind of rolling private COVID tests because you have to have a negative test. So they're taking COVID tests just in case they get a spot for a vaccine, they'll be ready to go. They won't have to wait because in Canada, you even have to wait for a private test. Uh, so that's one thing. And they're going online and it's, it's almost like a lottery. If you're online at the right time and you book an appointment, you can get your vaccine and, oh, but only people with confirmed appointments will get vaccinated in Florida. Does that jive with what you're hearing, Martin? 
Actually, there's one other option route, and that is if you're part of a retirement community, which there's about three of them to date so far, they have acquired the vaccines and are making them available to residents within that community. So that's a whole other route. You don't have to go online. They sent you a memo that you're ready and you can have your shot at 205 on January the 16th. You get down there, you've got the shot. Okay, yeah, but I guess people who are part of those communities, they either are or they aren't, or are there people who rent inside those communities? No, chances are that that option route is because you own a unit, a condo, a home, something in that community for that route. The other route of going on to the Broward County hotline and putting your name in, you could be anybody, non-resident, non-owner, non-anything at that point. So that's only in Broward County? I just Broward County seems to be the one that a lot of my client base is successful in booking the appointment from Toronto on. So that's the only one I know at this point. Okay. Uh, let us move along to John Graddock. And uh, John, you're a former executive at Air Canada. Uh, what did you think when you heard that they're actually trying to convince people to travel while the government says don't do it? Well, I think that, you know, Air Canada is a commercial organization. It's there to make money. And uh, if you're flying airplanes, you'd like to get those airplanes as filled as you possibly can. So yeah, it's in you know it's incumbent on you know the return to the shareholders and to uh, you know the other bondholders of Air Canada that uh, Air Canada try to maximize its revenue. And yes, you're you're right. They're flying in the face of all of the recommendations that we're hearing, both from the federal as well as the provincial governments. You know, they want a bailout from the government. So to start with, the government says uh, you're not getting money unless you refund people for their trips that were canceled because of COVID. So the airlines are not or Air Canada is not doing that because can't afford it. And uh, Kenneth Wong, now they're, you know, now now they're they're sending out messages that's totally contrary to what the government wants its citizens to do. Well, I I think the issue here goes uh, quite a bit beyond just the appropriateness of their advertising. Uh, It really speaks, I think, to the the lack of an integrated government policy here. Airlines have to stay in business. And and frankly, as a country, given the the vast distances we have in our small population, we need airlines as a country and we need them strategically. So we have to keep them in place. Now, government is not uh, being very forthcoming with what kind of assistance they're going to offer to airlines. And as a consequence, the airlines have to do what they have to do to survive. And in this instance, that means running contrary to government policy. It should never happen. Martin, do you have a view of that? Yeah, I'd like to actually say something. Going back to months before the paying of the influencers, they were incentivizing travel by offering free COVID-19 travel insurance at 100,000 cap for Air Canada vacations and 200,000 for regular Air Canada. That, to me, is is absolutely bizarre and irresponsible. People were telling me, I think I'll go this year with Air Canada. I'm getting free travel insurance with them. Anything but the truth with that. And the cap of 200,000 for COVID is just sheer irresponsible. You could be in the hospital there on a ventilator for half a million dollars, and then who's going to pay the difference at that point? Uh, good point. Uh, here's an interesting thing that I, that I heard from my friends, uh, and this is about people who actually want to go and get vaccinated. So they said that they know a couple that, that went down to do just that. One of them sprang for business class. One of them flew economy, and they said, well, 
in business class, they served food. And so they were sort of upset by sitting fairly close to people who were unmasked and eating. And the back section in economy was empty. The person in economy was, uh, you know, uh, in splendid isolation. There was no food there, uh, but they were masked and uh, they didn't worry about a thing. So there you go. Well, I think that when you look at the, you know, the ways in which the airline's trying to, to accommodate people's desire to fly, I think, you know, they, you know, the airlines are offering people choices. And you have a choice, of course, sitting in the economy or sitting in business class. So it really is, you know, depending on the individual's, uh, you know, climate for risk. If you are, you know, if you're risk averse, you won't fly or you'll fly with masks on. But if you are saying that, you know, you're able to accept the risk of flying, do your thing. With, with Libby, with, no, no, really, uh, come on here. Um, you know, I, I can understand Air Canada advertising to encourage traffic and, and the like, but I really have to say here, I think that they, the decision they made on how to spend that money, to spend it on influencers as opposed to spending it on safety information, informing the public of what they were doing, trying to regain the trust that they lost because of their faulty uh, refund policies and support when COVID first broke out, those would be much better uses of Air Canada's marketing dollars than spending a few thousand dollars to get an influencer to put a a 15-second video on showing them walking through the departure gates of of Pearson Airport. I mean, Uh, it's just a misuse of money. They they made a statement through a spokesman and said, well, we're trying to reach audiences that don't use traditional media. So uh, clear to me that uh, they want uh, young people who, uh, you know, really are, are uh, don't think this applies to them uh, and who use social media and would follow a so-called influencer. I, I fail to understand why anyone thinks that somebody who is paid to say that something's great, uh, I fail to understand, you know, why anyone would follow that, but that's me. Uh, the other thing I want to get into is that since the government has required a negative COVID test, there were lots of complaints about that from airlines saying, you know, what about people who have trouble getting a test? What if they're stuck? Uh, you know, the government's telling you not to travel. So, uh, I mean, I would think, well, you've got to figure it out. John Graddock, do you have a view on that? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the Canadian government, when, you know, made the announcement on New Year's Eve that, you know, in a week's time, you are going to be looked at providing a test. So it's not as if it was a sudden uh, decision or a sudden piece of information. They gave everybody a week's notice to basically get your COVID tests before you show up and make sure you do it 72 hours before you fly. So, and, and these pre-flight COVID tests, are not new, you know. They they they've been around the world, you know, on many in many jurisdictions. In fact, the UK, uh, you know, in the last seventy two hours, basically, had told people you want to fly into the UK by air, sea, or rail, you have to have this COVID test done seventy two hours before you arrive. So it's a it's a standard practice by various governments around the world to basically ensure that people do not get on an airplane that do not have a negative COVID-19 test. Let's take a call from Warren in Oshawa. Hi, Warren. Hi, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Um, Question for the panel. If I'm a Canadian citizen flying down to Florida and I get the Moderna 
vaccine, do I have to back, um, self-quarantine coming back into Canada for 14 days? You sure Thank do. You. I can answer that. You do. <laughs> You've got a negative test and you have to quarantine. Okay. If you get it. And if you get a vaccine, you have to quarantine. Yep. Oh, okay. So uh, really, the the, the thing about a test, a test is accurate for the time you took the test. Yep. Uh, that's why there are quarantine rules because it's it's possible you were infected after your test. It takes a while to show up, and when you get a vaccine, it takes a while for your immunity to build. And uh, I guess it's another way for the government to discourage travel. Yes. Yes. Are Great. you thinking of Thank going down much. there, Warren? No, my aunt, uh, she go, she has a house down there. Uh, I take her to the airport every year around Christmas time, and she canceled this year. She just didn't feel safe at all. Good for her. Yeah, she uh, just outside of Fort, Fort Myers, she uh, has a residence, and um, she goes down there for six months, obviously, for the wintertime. But, yeah, she says it wasn't not worth uh, the travel and the risk. Okay, thank you for that, Great. Warren. Thank you. Bye-bye. Martin, when, when I interviewed you last time, you told me your age. Are you okay if I say it in public? My age, of course. <laughs> okay, so I, I did it with you. Martin is 66 years old, and he is a no to all the other questions on that tracker, which have to do about whether you live in a congregate setting, whether you're a healthcare worker, or whether you're an essential worker. And uh, I'm sorry to say, Martin, uh, you will be getting your vaccine uh, in the third stage, sort of August, September, even Wonderful. at 66. That's why I should book a ticket and head south. <laughs> the, Crazy. Uh, Crazy. Yeah. And um, it, it's, um, yeah, even uh, being over 65, you think it'd be good for something. Not for that. Wow. Wow. Is right. Uh, I don't know how long the, or how there's, you know, they might be starting to run out of vaccines as well down there. Do you have any sense of that? Well, that's the problem. I've heard that the second dose now may not be available, which is going to cause a real problem, especially for those ones who purchase insurance to come down, and then we're going to stay for the additional three-week period just to get the second shot. So I'm not sure the implications about that at all. One other quick point should be noted. Travel insurance will not cover the cost of that COVID-19 test that's required to get back into the country, nor the cost of a vaccine, and people have to know that also. Okay, I thought the vaccines were free down there. Well, they may be, but at some point, dispensing fees and things like that will be part of it. But one other small point is that an adverse reaction to that vaccine, some insurance companies are calling that elective and may not choose to cover the potential claims that could result of a uh, medical problem from that, which is really noteworthy at this point. Okay. Uh, John Graddock, does it surprise you that uh, that may be the spark for some travel? Well, that doesn't surprise me. I think everybody really wants that vaccine as quickly as as it can get it. Uh, you know, but you know, people have been talking about. So, if I have the vaccine, that does that mean I I am free and clear? I can walk around without my mask, or I can walk around without having without having to do social distancing or washing my hands. And the answer <laughs> to that is no. You know, you, you, just because you have the vaccine does not prohibit. You know, does not eliminate you being a emitter of the virus. So you have you may not be able to get the severe symptoms and the requirement of a ventilator at a hospital, but that doesn't mean you are no you, you're not an emitter. So you know there's a there's a few messages that have to be going around with what your behavior is going to look like post the vaccine, and I think that's important to share as well. 
Kenneth Wong, um, I saw you quoted saying something very interesting, and it, it was in regards to Air Canada hiring influencers. And it was saying they don't really need to create demand for travel. The the travel is there, and it's the one thing people are saying that they are going to get right to as soon as this is over. Uh, absolutely right. Uh, you only have to look at the fact that people are booking travel at this point in time. Uh, whether it's for a vaccine or not. And I should add, by the way, that only a third of all vaccines delivered to the states have actually been administered to date. Uh, so you may have an appointment. That doesn't necessarily mean the appointment's kept. Uh, but be that as it may, we know that there is enormous pent-up demand for travel. Ask Canadians, every survey I've seen that asks Canadians, what will you do once things go back to so-called normal? And one of the first two things they do is they say, I want to travel. Um you know, they have to see family. Uh, I have uh, children spread across the country. I haven't seen some of them in a year. Um, I don't need an influencer or any other marketing uh, gadget uh, to convince me to hit the road. I'm going to hit the road as soon as I can, as soon as I can safely. Well, and exa- I think that's been the big default of government is, um, you know, young people, and I'm surrounded by them, and people ask the question, you know, how can they party and do things in seemingly disregard and the answer is no one has told them what is what could happen. No one knows how long it takes to transmit the coronavirus. Can it just be done in a handshake? Can it just be done in a breath? Does it take extended exposure? Uh, we're dealing with young people here. Those are the influence people the influencers try to influence. And those people we know are experience hungry. They love to travel. It's it's one of the, the top things on all of their wish lists. Uh, and, and as a consequence, I just don't see why Air Canada would need to to advertise uh, in that way. Okay, so let's, many better things they could have done with the money. Um, yeah, let's take a call from Glenn in London. Glenn, um, you um, you you don't see why we shouldn't be traveling in lockdown. Uh, hello, Libby. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, it's good to talk to you. I listen to your show quite well every day. Great. And uh, that's not exactly what I said, but what I'm saying is, uh, if you're talking about travel a lot, uh, the rules should be for everybody. And look at what just happened with the politicians, and look at uh, what happened with the CEO of the very hospital where I work here in London. It's gone to Florida five times since the spring. Wow! And uh, did he? He he, he was... did lose a job. Uh, the board is totally backing him. And this is the same guy that sent emails and uh, everything out to people elsewhere in the hospital saying, you have to follow the rules, you have to uh, isolate, you have to mask, you have to do this and that. And uh, he was threatening their jobs. Uh, what do you do? Is, is It's at Niagara Health. Or, or which one are you at? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in London. That's uh, at London Health Sciences Center. That's, that's another one in Niagara. Okay, That's so there's one of them CEO where he was fired. The same thing. There's he's a C. He was a CEO of two, and one of them fired him. Yeah, this is not the one uh, where I am here. He's still there, and the board is backing him a hundred percent. What kind of work do you do there? I'm uh, maintenance cleaning. And and what did the email say? Like, how was it threatening? Well, it was. Uh, it went to uh, not so much to us because I'm a contract cleaner there, but to uh, he he was. Uh, he was aiming it at the nursing staff and the ESWs, and he's now been in a lot of trouble with the Nurses Association, who, uh, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous to uh, 
put something out like that and threaten people's jobs, and then the whole time you've been taking not one, not two, but five trips since the spring, because apparently he is from there, has no family in Canada, and he keeps going there. Okay. You know what, Glenn? That's something to follow up on. We're basically out of time. Thanks for your call. Okay. The only other thing, real real quick, Libby, is why are these sports teams still playing? Why is the the NHL still going? We just had the World Juniors, and uh, apparently they don't have to quarantine for 14 days. And uh, like I'm saying, the we're, we're already over, like, over all the politicians for what they're doing, but it's the same thing with the sports people. I oh, mean, the people okay. in pro sports are making a lot of money. Okay, Glenn, I'm over time. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so uh, in a minute, so um, 20 seconds each, starting with Martin Firestone, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I think I'm not concerned about flying on an airplane. I'm not concerned about catching it in the airport level. My biggest problem still and will be access to the hospital once you're down there. So, in fact, you have the normal things that can go wrong, breaking a hip, heart attack, stroke. I worry terribly about anybody getting into a hospital and not being turned away. That's the biggest problem we all face. John Craddock? I think the the industry, the the travel industry, the airlines, and the government have got to start talking out of the same sides of their mouths. I think, you know, this conflict and this this debate and this dialogue and these talking through each other isn't conducive to getting people to trust to fly again, and I think it's got to stop. Okay, and Dr. Kenneth Wong? Uh, I think, first of all, everybody should be free to choose, choose whether to fly or not. I think that decision requires that they have good information. I don't think they have good information from the government right now on uh, the risks and, and where they uh, are vulnerable. And I think Air Canada, rather than trying to encourage travel, should be encouraging safe travel by talking about what they're doing and what passengers can do in order to prevent the spread of the pandemic. Okay. On that note, uh, you know, I bet this is going to come up again. But in the meantime, thank you so much, Martin Firestone, John Graddock, and Dr. Kenneth Wong. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. And okay. And that's all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.